trade in your spikes for saddle shoes because today we're going dancing! On screen, the Peaches are joined by Stillwell Angel. And off screen, Rachel and Tierney are joined by Sean German and Heine Bennett. It's a toe tapping good time as the girls sneak out for an evening of fun at the Suds Bucket. But first, let's check in with our hosts about the current season of baseball. The hosts of a league of their own, one inning at a time, remain torn and confused and full of emotion regarding the 2020 baseball season, which is currently in a phase called Summer Camp. Brought to you by Camping World. Get on with the game! So, Rachel, why don't you give us today's lineup for the fourth inning? All right, for the fourth inning today, we have with us our guest, Sean German. Hello. And, of course, your hosts, Tierney. And myself, Rachel. And I did that backwards, but hey. That's all right. <laughs> I remembered everyone's name, so. It's yeah. okay. We've got Heidi Bennett on tap for later in the episode. Yes. She's our Warming relief Warming up in pitcher. the uh, bullpen yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Sean, uh, I don't think you and Rachel have had a chance to podcast together before, yeah. right? I did we, a Home yeah, Alone. Yeah, um, we did one segment of Home Alone, right? Yeah, the very last one, yeah. <laughs> So just kidding, you all know each other, that's fine. <laughs> Old podcast pals. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very sweet. Sean, why don't you let our listeners know who you are? I'm Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm Sean German. You are not um, that shy, dude. <laughs> no, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm Sean German. Uh, you may know me from other Movies by Minutes podcasts, such as Spinal Tap Minute, Groundhog Minute, and uh, well, we mentioned Home Alone already. I've been doing the, the last few years um, sort of holiday specials. We started with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. And then this current year, this just past um, holiday season, we covered uh, Home Alone in six pieces. And my current podcast is The Next Scene, where myself and my brother Brian cover pop culture one scene at a time. And you can find that at nextscenepod.com. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we've very got excited. a busy, busy, it's more than a scene even for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like how those holiday ones split up. We have Evelyn talking to Jimmy in the introduction of a new character. We've got some mm -hmm. bus, we've got some poisoning, and we've got dancing. So 
I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot going on this inning. We technically start with the end of that clip that the newsreel that faded into the game. I never noticed before that Dottie's giving Kit the game ball. That no, seems very wasteful neither. during wartime. <laughs> 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 like, I know that's something that happens all the time now, but also, like, have you seen how many baseballs are involved in a typical game these days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, because I, I, I did think that was interesting because there's a lot of, like, a lot of the rules about balls and, like, um, like the pine tar rule, keeping your pine tar for the, you know, close to the end of the bat is... Mm. You know, that comes from not getting the ball dirty to not go through many balls, yeah. which you know, when the players are making hundreds of millions of dollars, they're not <laughs> worried about a ball. But yeah, in, in these times, especially during uh, during the war, does she, yeah, does she have to give that back? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I also want to give a really game. quick shout out to Meredith Wills. Her Twitter handle is at BBL underscore Astro PHY. SCS, so astrophysics, but missing the eye. She Mm -hmm. is an astrophysics PhD, baseball construction, and she analyzes the ball, basically. A lot of research that's been done into how the ball is changing. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's having an interesting year with baseball where it is. But before that happened, when (laughs) spring training was still going on, she she was like, this feels weird to say, but guys, if you get a 2020 ball, can you send it to me? <laughs> She's always putting out these calls for whenever a new one, a new, uh, whenever a new phase of the season or a new season begins, you'll oh, wow. hear from her. That's not relevant to most of what's happening. I swear, we very quickly transition to Evelyn and Jimmy talking together. <laughs> and I think Evelyn is challenging Shirley Baker as most instantly endearing person in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Which she's played by, oh, golly. That's not her name. Her name's not Of Ogali. course you're asking the one thing I didn't write down in front um, of me. Because I recognize Rachel. her because she played in Monk. Oh my goodness. Biddy Shram. That's who it is. Right, Biddy Shram. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those, you know, after I'd seen it years ago and then rewatching it, I'm like, hey, I know her from Monk. I just know that I, I mean, she really is kind of the saddest story of the whole movie. Mm, I, but I was keeping a lookout for any stories of kids like her sweetest little boy. <laughs> and I could only find one reference to a kid traveling with the team. And it was Gene Fought who played on, oh, God, if I'm wrong and it wasn't South Bend, I'm going to feel really bad. But at the end there, she was actually married to her manager and had a child. Wow. <laughs> between wow. If I'm remembering Ew. correctly, she got pregnant towards the beginning or middle of the season. Oh, her geez. kid was born in March of the next year. <laughs> Talk about fraternization. <laughs> And that, yeah, um, it actually led to her leaving the league because she, I mean, she went, I, you know, had the kid in March. She did continue playing. Wow. And she has memories of him being like four or five and like running around on the sidelines and stuff. Uh, Winch was her husband's last name. Okay. But 
apparently it caused a huge fracture in the team where like imagine a bunch of them like they did she said it was very lonely basically it was like her in a hotel room she never had a roommate Mm -hmm. like most of the other girls did she wasn't involved in any of this going to the suds bucket stuff yeah that's true and basically no one would talk to her about anything going on in the team because they assumed it would get back and yeah it was just like it's again like the saddest story possible yeah yeah. <laughs> For the record, she is an absolutely amazing pitcher, but I think it says something that she won an, an MVP award the last season she played. Oh, wow. Like, she oh. was that good, yeah. but she was just like, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not, not a lot of stories of kids traveling with, and I think we very quickly find out why that was a bad <laughs> idea. Because <laughs> you got to imagine, even if the kid was well-behaved, this would be awkward, and- and he's not. <laughs> and he's not. It's not. It's just not. It's not the best environment. Yeah. For a child. But I'm a little surprised that you couldn't find. And I didn't look, but you did. That you looked and you didn't find more stories about children traveling because, based on Jimmy's reaction, like this is not like it didn't seem like that unusual a request. Mm-hmm. He's just ball players. Yeah. It's, you know, at least from, and, and maybe it's maybe not, you know, maybe not asking if they could take their, their young child on the road, but it seems like coaching men, coaching women, old, young. Oh. It, this this just seems like a guy who has heard a lot of crazy requests oh, yeah. and had to put up with a lot of stuff on the road from a lot of crazy athletes. Yeah. And that this is not, he, he's not reacting like, oh my God, I've never Never oh, see, in all my years of baseball has I someone asked that this. I interpreted that completely differently. So do oh, really? you remember earlier when in this same dugout, Ira Lowenstein was talking to him, said, you've got some pretty good ball players on the team, Jimmy, and he interrupts him and does the scream oh, like, ball pl- I haven't got ball got, players, I've got um, girls. Yeah. I always interpreted oh. this as a callback to that. This woman has asked to bring her kid on the road because her lazy a-hole husband won't take care of him. And he does the spit. And I always interpreted his ballplayers as kind of sarcastic. Like, I mean, oh. he doesn't say it sarcastically, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, kind of just resigned yeah. to the these ballplayers and she's asking to bring her son on the road with her because yeah. a male ballplayer, let's face it, like you gender swap this, that yeah. I, it doesn't happen in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, that that makes more sense. He just kind of resigned, like, yep, <laughs> girls. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That you is, know, it, it, it's a resignation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, I, we probably just don't want to talk about Evelyn's husband because we've got nothing good to say <laughs> yeah. about him. We don't need to. Well, it's not even like, I, I wish it was at least like I'm busy working. And yeah. that's why I can't yeah, watch my exactly. own flesh and blood. He picked up an extra it's... shift at the plant, and so he can't watch the kid anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. You know, I've got flat feet, so I can't go over to the war. But I'm here building bombers and stuff. Yeah. But no, he's he's too busy reading the want ads. <laughs> I think this is a crucial scene, though, because I mean, we we spoil the ends of movies all the times. I think this is so at the end of the movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. When he says mm-hmm. it was the best time she ever had, yeah. you ball. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this this whole scene, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess you would need something to set up why a kid is suddenly with them. Yeah. So I guess not the whole scene, but definitely the part about why he needs to come with is to is to 
point out that this is the highlight of Evelyn Gardner's life. life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being out here playing ball professionally. Well, that and her writing that song. And that's another thing, speaking of spoiling the end, that always gets me is, you know, when they sing that song, it's like, that's kind of her song that she Mm. wrote about that. And I'm just like, oh, "Oh." I never thought of that. Because on the butt, I know, I know. (laughs) We'll we'll save your tears for another inning. Yeah. (laughs) Where that comes. I actually wanted to, when I wasn't sure what the gender my child was going to be, Evelyn was on the list for a girl's name, partially because of the movie The Mummy. (laughs) Yes. Evelyn, the librarian. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But also because, I mean, I loved Evelyn in this. And then I realized I could not think of saying the name Evelyn at any like volume over normal talking without thinking of Madonna (laughs) screaming, Evelyn! Evelyn! I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to kill your son. I'm partial to that name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just partial to that name because that's my grandmother's name. So (laughs) I I was worried. I was like, like, I'm just gonna yell the kid's name across the playground, and then I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to kill your son. The poor thing's gonna end up in therapy. (laughs) I know he's too hyped up on chocolate. (laughs) He doesn't mind. (laughs) I think my favorite thing I learned from the commentary was that this kid was actually. Actually, an angel an in angel. real life. <laughs> yeah, he felt so bad that they. He, he's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, local little uh, Indiana kid <laughs> that they got to do these scenes. Yeah, who was like horrified at having to do this, run down the bus. <laughs> the good thing yeah. is, though, you know, later on in life, he's like, yeah, well, I got chased around by Madonna with a bat. You know, like <laughs> his, his claim he's to fame for, for life. Him. <laughs> That's another thing. Uh, the ADR of uh, Dora saying, don't use my bat, use Marla's. It's heavier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he didn't. So looking at IMDb, still, well, this is his only credit. He didn't manage to, at least not yet, work this into <laughs> a big time acting career. Look, maybe he was so traumatized by his first role having to be being a bad kid. If I keep, if I keep acting, eventually someone's going to catch up with me with a bat. So, if I yeah. keep, I mean, my first job was to have Tom Hanks throw a baseball glove at my face. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fair. So, so speaking of faces, because we're kind of jumping back and forth mm-hmm. between the scene in the dugout with Tom and Biddy there, and then in the bus, just this is. Like, this first half of this inning is just a bad face time. (laughs) Well, first there's – I never got into – I never understood the chewing tobacco in general. But the lackadaisical way that that Jimmy spits, like, it it doesn't even clear his face. It's dripping down his chin. (laughs) It's so gross. It's – yes, it's gross. And then later, little Stillwell with the just (laughs) – was he in a pie eating contest? Like, you know, did any of the chocolate actually make it into his mouth? No. It's just all over his face. <laughs> Honestly, a week ago, I would have agreed with you, but I am mother to a two year old, and well, my yeah, kid, yeah. like, he ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and there was just jelly freaking <laughs> everywhere. I was, and I literally, like, as I was wiping up, I just turned him like, are you a raccoon? How did this even happen? He just looks up and be like, I don't know, mommy. I ate lunch. <laughs> can I go play now? Luke, how many things can I touch before you catch me and wipe this off? <laughs> yeah. So apparently this is just how kids are. This is just how kids are. Okay. I love, I never noticed before, and I actually wrote OMG in my notes, that still, so I knew Stillwell was navy, wearing that little navy suit that was so yeah. popular. For little kids, 
Evelyn is wearing a matching top. Huh. Evelyn's top is also <laughs> sailor influenced. <laughs> they match. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh wow, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't, oh, yeah, me neither. That's so cute. I never oh noticed it before. <laughs> and it made me so happy. Like a blue sailor's blouse with a white skirt. Oh, they match. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah. Except for the chocolate. So. <laughs> yeah. Please know everyone getting off the bus is indeed wearing a skirt, which was a league rule. Anytime oh, yeah. you left the bus, you needed to be wearing a skirt. skirt. And so lots of women, if they were just like running off for something like this, they would just be wearing like pants on the bus and they would just like roll them up and throw a skirt on over it yeah. rather than actually get changed. I mean, that's very practical. Yeah, that is trivia that will come up in every single book you ever read about yeah. the week, apparently. And then, I swear to God, this is my last fashion note for the moment. Is Dottie's monogram wrong? Because I'm looking at her little card. A bunch of them have on, like, sweater cardigans. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it looks like a small D, a large C, and a small H. And her her last name is Hinton, Shouldn't the, if the letter is larger in the middle, isn't that the last name? Really showing my 80s prep nerd cred here. (laughs) But I thought if it was the letters in a row, like first, middle, last, they should all be the same size. But I'm willing to let the internet tell me I'm wrong. I'm just throwing it out there on a podcast. So come yell at me and VCR privileges. <laughs> that yeah, that is odd that the middle initial would be bigger. Yeah, like I thought it'd be smaller than the other two. Yeah, or all the same. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make it. It seems like someone was given initials to make this monogram and did not realize. It, or or like the costume designer was in a thrift store and found this and was like, oh my God, it's Dottie's initials, periods, right, this is great, and did not like think through like, oh wait, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and they figure no one's ever going to watch this one inning at a time, so they'll <laughs> exactly. never pick up on that. Who, who's going to notice? <laughs> if it had been a K in the middle, I would just assume her middle name was Helen and move on with my life, but it's clearly not. <laughs> And and then I noticed that Marla is smoking and have a heart attack, so yeah. I'm dead now. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so wrong. I mean, like, yeah, Kit is like coughing, and a bunch of them are smoking. Like that makes sense. But 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 Marla, my sweet Marla, what are you doing? Sweet sweet Marla. Oh, you not you too. I know it's the forties, but now my I goodness. Have <laughs> many questions. <laughs> mm. It was smoking was different then, <laughs> or people were different. I've just I have a couple questions, uh, particularly around Stillwell. One is so he's before he covers the eyes of the bus driver, he's running <laughs> up the aisle of the bus with two fly swatters. <laughs> Why does he have two fly swatters? Where did he are, are flies an issue on buses in the forties? Hmm. I mean, there weren't <laughs> screens on windows in the forties no. like there are now. So I could see flies being more of a problem in general. Yeah. But if they open the windows while the bus is moving, are the yeah, how are the day? Is that <laughs> how the flies for, like, get the hotel? inside? We're going to see a hotel. There's no screen on that window. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe yeah. they're just prepared. And the, yeah, the hotels probably don't have air conditioning, so yeah. it's a lot of open windows. So yeah. all right. And it's it's okay. summer. And it's freaking hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're yes. they're in Illinois. All right, great. So, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's going to be hot. It's toasty. Um, all right. So you answered my one question. Let's all see right, if you can one do. Down. Let's go. How you do. Uh, my second question is well, not 
not really a question, but ponderance. This driver continues to drive for an awfully long time <laughs> yeah. before he stops the bus. Shouldn't he, like, as soon as he can't see, <laughs> slam on the brakes? Kind of a little be quicker on the brake yeah. there. I will not have a man with the fantastic name Mr. Gusatelli slandered in this way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. When the, fair enough. In the commentary, they're like, that was really scary. You know, when the when the oh. bus pulled over on the side, they're like, I think Megan said, you know, she, she's like, I was pregnant during this time too, like in real life. <laughs> there's just suitcases falling down on yeah. them. Which even yeah. if they're empty is not a good time. No. <laughs> No, because these are all not the soft-sided suitcases of today. These are all hard. Yeah. yeah even empty, that's going to hurt. And I wonder with the brake thing, if he, I mean, that's always kind of your instinct, but when something unexpected, like having someone cover your eyes, you kind of freak, you're like, oh, you know, it takes you a second to be like, brakes, brakes, hit the brakes. Like, don't just keep going. So I wonder if it was just one of those, like, freak out, your mind just blanks mm-hmm. out moments. Yeah. I have to say, and if my friend Joe is listening, he has already started laughing as he said that. He was in the car with me the only time a cop has ever pulled out and turned his siren on behind me. Oh, (laughs) man. And I'm not proud of this, but the ticket will show that my instinct... I hit the gas for a second. I immediately moved my hand foot over to the brake and put it... But there was a moment there where I started to floor it and then went... What am I I doing? Stop the car. (laughs) But there was a moment and he looked at me and I looked at him and he's like, your eyes were so big. And I was like, I I just instinctually started to outrun the cop. And he's like, don't ever do that again. We would not be doing this podcast today if you had done that. (laughs) It was was pure reptile brain, except I was driving a car. (laughs) You're going to make a break for it. Fight or flight. (laughs) So, so yes, I I am not down with Mr. Gustelli throwing dirt on Miss Cusper. Oh, I do not like that This is Miss Cusper and the no good, horrible, very bad day. And where's he he going? Where's he going to (laughs) go? His reptile brain is taken over. I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, he's leaving them with the bus. Like, I would think it'd make more sense, like, kick them off and he drives away. (laughs) I kind of love that, Unless, Unless he knows there's a, the next town is just around the bend. Yeah, that could be. Maybe he knows there's a town nearby where you can. uh, Unless it's like one of those times you just get so, so angry that your mind just doesn't (laughs) work and, you you know, you storm off and then you're like, you're going and you're like, what am I doing? But then I can't turn around and go back. I'll look stupid. (laughs) Yeah, they don't show this bus pulling past him later. Oh, that would be hilarious if they did. (laughs) Oh, I found in my notes. Nope. What I meant to look, look up. So, um, quick, uh, Rachel, tell everyone about the deleted scene. Well, I Google something. <laughs> what? I was like, deleted scene? The deleted scene about um, May and Dottie by the bus. I heard like, about that. Kit. No. Oh. But I never, I didn't see it. I, I heard it. I heard him talk about it, I think, on the commentary, but I didn't actually see oh it. Oh my gosh. There is on the DVD, there is a deleted scene where basically the whole idea was that instead of Dottie being like, uh, Kit, what's going on? She actually like, Kit, can I talk to you for a minute? And like pulls her behind the bus and is like, you should not be hanging out with this girl. She's going to get you into trouble. <laughs> She's leading you down the bad path. And it cuts, uh, Kit says something like, 
nah, May's all right. She just talks a big game. And they peek around the side of the bus and Madonna is doing a handstand, cigarette still in her mouth, with her feet up against that window. Just, so I'm there like this and the guy's wife walks in. <laughs> and then Dottie pulls her back behind the bus and is like, you should not go out with her tonight. And Kit says, so she, and I, I can't remember what the innuendo words that they are using is, but basically Kit is like, well, you have sex. She does not say that, obviously. And Dottie goes, I'm married. I get to. But it's like the most beautifully awkward, like, I get to. I mean, I have to. I mean, I. Shut up, Kit, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So I, A, I think that's hilarious. But also, I do kind of like that despite that conversation, Kit goes. I mean. (laughs) Well, I think that's part Mm. of like her character. I mean, she gets to, you know, go along with Dottie, you know, as. As the ever, you know, they kind of say, like, you know, Daddy got her into the league, but now she's really kind of spreading her wings. She gets to really be a person, her own person outside of Daddy's shadow. So mm. she's getting to make her own friends and find her, her people and her place. And I, that's what I like, you know, as, as, especially about these minutes. I love that Miss Cuthbert is proper and says stuff like, shan't be retarded. Yes. <laughs> but, but keep in mind, Miss Cuthbert totally saw them smoking. She picks her battles. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. becoming team Miss Cuthbert in oh, this yeah. movie because, like, yeah, she's kind of like, but she she saw them smoking. Yeah. It's fine. She's got a job to do, yeah. but she knows she's a, a woman of the yeah. world. And I think right now she's like, okay, we have no driver, and I just saw you smoking, but the smoking's not a big deal. The driver part is, so let's focus on that part now. (laughs) And then she goes in, and and Miss Cuthbert's day, which was already not going well, (laughs) gets so much worse. (laughs) Did you know... That they were nominated for an MTV award for that kiss. That's what I was trying to Google to see who they lost yeah. to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You'll be shocked to hear it's hard to find MTV award nominations from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Christian Slater and Mar- Mar- Marissa Tomei in Untamed Heart. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's an honor just to be nominated. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we all had that note. <laughs> it's an important note. <laughs> this is an award-nominated kiss. kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Miss Cuthbert's no good, very bad, horrible day gets worse yeah. as Jimmy, a still asleep <laughs> Jimmy molester, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I get so mad at how upset he is. It's like, dude... Yeah, you kissed her. You don't really have a right to be upset, but just so you know, if you wake up Tom Hanks, <laughs> either keep your distance yeah. or prepare yeah. to be kissed, which these days could involve a virus. Yeah. So be very careful. Not only kiss, award-nominated kiss. That Rita Wilson is a lucky oh, woman. Yeah. Award-nominated kiss, and you know, and all the history of kisses. So I guess we're saying is if just let sleeping Tom Hanks lie. <laughs> 
Though I wonder, was he, you know, was he dreaming about something? He sounded like he's it. He's kissing, he's smiling, he's so happy, and then he opens his eyes. Because he says, <laughs> oh, what does he say? He says something like- He says, what is it, what baby? Because she's trying yeah. to wake him up. Yeah. And so he assumes oh, yeah. <laughs> that he is in the middle, like, this is some hot babe in a hotel room waking him up. <laughs> what is it, baby? So from what I found, 1992, Macaulay Culkin and Anna Chomsky won- <gasps> Fair. So that's I I I I would concede to that. <laughs> it's a very different kiss, but yeah, yeah. I could not take that away from yeah, that movie. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> wow. And then one of the best comedy exchanges I've ever seen executed. Yeah. <laughs> Who's low? Oh, I love that line. <laughs> it's I mean, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And I love the nonsense. I love when it's nonsense yelling, but it actually is lines. Like in A Christmas Story where he says, not a finger. I mean, I didn't realize he was saying a line for decades. But but then like here, like Jimmy is yelling things that are in context (laughs) that make sense. But he's so not like it's just a mush of yelling. (laughs) Yeah, that's where the the um the captions come yeah. in handy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> figure out. He's saying, "Oh, girls, get on the bus." <laughs> and I loved you in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that one's clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember not getting. Yeah, and that is the last. Oh no, that's not the last insult. We are not at the end of Miss Cuthbert's horrible day. He calls her the Wicked no, Witch of the West. That took me a long time to get. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he's not confusing her for Dorothy. No. <laughs> yeah. And then we immediately cut to the actual last part of the worst day of Miss Cuthbert's life, I imagine. <laughs> right. Which is good that they showed the women talking about how they were gonna how they were gonna sneak out later, so we don't think this is you know, Tom Hanks didn't do this to her. Yeah, no. yeah. This isn't because kiss. Jimmy kissed her that <laughs> no, she's sick. No. Which is so ridiculous. There are so many stories in the League of people, you know, sneaking back into their hotels past curfew or skipping mm-hmm. out on the charm school lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. But poisoning her dinner. I don't know if this came from somewhere real. No one's fessing up in the commentaries no. or books that I read. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone no who wants this far. No one's saying nothing. All right. I love that Jimmy is taking care of her. Yeah. While, like, the doctor and mm-hmm. Ira are just standing there. Mm-hmm. He's at least oh, fanning her. <laughs> How many times have you, well, and you're saying, in 43 years of medical practice, <laughs> I've never seen a woman throw up that much. <laughs> and this is, of course, the scene that broke the Heidi Bennett's back. She does not like hearing people throw up. And not only did she watch a actress pretend to throw up, that that sound, that ADR, <laughs> it's actually someone being sick. Yeah. <laughs> Penny Marshall recorded, was it a crew member? Someone was getting so. sick and she like ran in with the tape recorder and, and they were ripping it. her like never a wasted opportunity or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Although that's really sweet. That is like such a director or movie maker thing to do. Like, I'm going to help you, but quick, let me just get this sound on tape real quick. <laughs> um, and then the other thing with Penny here is that she says, of course, I never yell cut. So Tom went on forever. And yeah. we have yet another deleted scene here, folks. Listeners to this podcast will know the original cut of this movie, Sean, was about four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> She lost a lot. <laughs> wow. And it was just Tom Hanks riffing, pretending to be on the phone with like the hotel front desk or something. 
Well, great movies are made in the editing. (laughs) And Rachel, did you hear about the other editing that Penny did for this scene? Where she voiced over for Madonna when they're coming down the escape, the fire escape. I would put that credit on my resume. I know Penny Marshall has a much more impressive one than me, but I would still be like, also, uh, subbed for Madonna. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I won't tell you what scene, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that who cares it's working is not actually May. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you see Helen Haley go down. I guess, you know, you just assume that she's more of like the straight laced, like she would also stay back with like Betty Spaghetti. So I love that you see her go down first on the fire escape. Yeah. I think just like from seeing her previously, you kind yeah. of were just like, oh, like, wow, she's she so and Shirley are both side. quiet, but... <laughs> Yeah, they're they're going out. Yeah. Alice is there. Yeah. Get one for her. I I guess before we uh wrap up my last note just because if I don't say her name I'm going to feel bad is that the actress playing this Cuthbert is Pauline Brailsford, mm-hmm. which is the most perfect name for a British actress I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I had covered everything yeah, that I, I had. I did too. So I guess we will transition out of this hotel room of doom into a much more happy yeah. place, <laughs> Willie's Suds Bucket. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, do you like this movie overall? I'm transferring back into episode with you. We didn't ask you what you thought of the movie, A League of Their Own. I like this movie, and <laughs> I'm not I'm not a baseball person. I'm not a baseball fan, and I am not a baseball movie fan. There are very few baseball movies that I can stand, and I think this might be all of them. No, this is this is a great movie. This is a lot of fun. This is a great cast. It's a great story. You see the way these women grow through this adventure on the road and everything. So, yeah. No, yeah. I, I love this movie. I love it. So, yeah. So, I was very pleased to hear that you folks, you know, Tierney and Rachel, that you were covering it. And then when you asked me to join you, I was even more pleased, so. So do you have a particular favorite player or Um, character, I should say? I think Kit. I think if I had to pick a favorite. (laughs) But I do have a soft spot for Marla. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's cute. You know, who can't (laughs) love Marla? I'm just happy to not be alone in my Kit defense. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's hard to pick a favorite. It really is. Which Tyrion and I have discovered they do not have a Kit Keller Funko Pop. They have Dottie and they have Jimmy, but no Kit. And I'll just spoil it live on air. Rachel, you're getting mail, but who knows when? Because I doubt a Jimmy Dugan Funko Pop is a top priority these days. (laughs) I did not foresee a global pandemic. (laughs) High priority. It's like, no, she needs this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not sure exactly how these are going to gel together. So just in case, we are now later in the lineup and we have a pinch hitter. (laughs) <laughs> huh? Huh? Rachel, I did it. Love it. <laughs> <Did your thing. laughs> yes. Uh, welcome, Heidi Bennett. Hey, thanks for welcome. letting me jump in here halfway through. You know, sometimes you got to save someone in case things <laughs> get into later innings and you're like, oh, we could come for that. But uh, <laughs> I had to get you into this bar. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Put me in. <laughs> this fantastic, amazing bar. I was trying so hard to go back over and over again and hear, but I think it's Megan Kavanaugh. One of the Chicago gals says, oh yeah, it's Fitzgerald. It's, I swear, I think she says it's Fitzgerald's at Berlin. So if that means anything to anyone from Chicago, let me know. Because if I could 
go to this bar, I'll lose my mind. That would be awesome. <laughs> this is a very cool bar. I actually spent a bunch of time yesterday looking at the Instagram feed of my favorite bar in Sacramento that's called Old Ironsides. And oh, back cool. in the 90s and in the 2000s, I used to perform there as a, well, I was in a swing band. So there's a lot of swing dancing going on. But it opened in the 30s and their uh, Instagram is filled with great old photos of their bottle shop and the bar and the jukebox and everything. So this reminded me a lot of that really fun nostalgia of, um, yeah, going somewhere and dancing and dancing and drinking and sweating. And this is <laughs> right up my alley. Uh, yeah, see, this is why I wanted to have for this <laughs> inning. I knew it. I, I love my first question for today was, uh, is this the movie that sparked the 90s swing revival that we all survived and lived through? <laughs> so, and I enjoyed, I mean, I wanted, I cannot take my eyes off Madonna, this whole yeah. sequence. I love it so, so much. And I miss my saddle shoes so, mm -hmm. so much. But So is yeah. that a specific type of swing dancing that they're doing or that's what i was curious about that's a good question so sean's the, been um... taking a lot of <laughs> classes over the years uh, i took oh, classes cool. a long time ago but i know there's east coast and west coast and all sorts of different types of swing what do you say sean <laughs> i think this is lindy hop i mean there's i'm oh, I'm, okay. I'm not I, i'm more of a a smooth ballroom type um mm -hmm. i do some some swing it's definitely not a west coast swing it looks more like Lindy Hop to me too, and that there's so yeah, much. Yeah, I think like though I, I kind of hesitate because there's yeah, there's a lot more. There's more lifts and more action there. That they do. There are some lifts and and May goes up in the air and swings around some. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me think Lindy Hop, but some okay. yeah, some some flavor of of swing certainly. Oh, cool. Well, they had to show her off. I mean, this is yeah. the scene that they hired Madonna yeah. for, essentially. <laughs> now, she she's doing that dancing. That's not a dance double. That is Madonna. I don't All think right. there were any dance doubles. That could be. I don't I, think that could be an exaggeration. Yeah, because in the commentary, okay. it sounded like they the all the background people were trained dancers as well. Um, just in, you know, because you have some people who are on the sides but are kind of dancing. So mm -hmm. I that's what I heard in the commentary. So yeah, and then I know she was talking about like we see Ellen Sue in the green dress, the blonde mm, with the green yeah. dress. She's getting swung around a little bit, and so they basically said like you know we took all the girls that were going to be in the scene and taught them. Like, Sean and Heidi, you were saying you took classes, like taught them the basic steps so that they could fake mm -hmm. it for the scene. You know, if you yeah. pair them with someone who really knows what they're doing, they got good enough that they could be on the side of things. I wonder if there's a double. Some of the stuff Rosie O'Donnell is doing. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wonder if there's a double in there, but... As far as I can tell, this is all Madonna. And there are several moves that are very impressive where you're yeah. you're seeing her face. Like, it's definitely her. So it seems like, well, if they did that, they probably, you know, yeah, she has our back to us for that one. But it doesn't seem like they're trying to hide mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. using that. I was really curious that Doris, when she goes over to Kit and she's like laughing, I finally, thanks to closed captioning for you, she says, I pretzled. And I was like, yeah. That oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that we get a little more of the story of her and May and their friendship and how it's, they it kind of made it so they could put Rosie O'Donnell in that role instead of making her another character, like, you know, sexy character like Madonna. Because I like that backstory. 
I love this backstory. I love that my last note, when they go for the hug, I basically write like Doris and May are the loves of each other's lives. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that yeah. you see them in those in those flash forwards, the stuff from the 90s, 80s, whatever it is at the bookends, that they're still best friends. Like you tell, oh, you yeah. can tell they're just still in each other's lives constantly mm-hmm. all day, every day. Like they just are. They are the love of each other's lives. I also love that Doris says, you know, my dad's place upstate. Everything we've seen of them is like <laughs> Staten Island, peak skill. And I was, I just love that it's like, you know, this is like, 40 minutes north of the city, but she still <laughs> refers to it as upstate. That, yeah. felt, that felt very right to me as someone yeah. who grew up outside New York City. It's in the Yonkers or something. And yeah, <laughs> yes. what, what she considers upstate. You know. <laughs> I really, I hesitate to put too much love on it though, because she talks about her, yeah, her dad's place, Vinny's Dance Girls Deluxe. And we're going to find out from later that May didn't have the uh, nicest experience being a dance hall girl. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that feels a little icky, but you're right. I do like that they came up with a whole whole backstory. And it makes sense because I love movies that do exposition well. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, it makes sense. She's drinking in a bar with her friend who doesn't know how she and this other girl met. She says, oh, yeah, that don't, didn't you know this is how we met? She's a dancer. Yeah, I'm a that's, bouncer. It, it definitely feels like just the kind of thing that happens when you're just loosening up and getting to know each other. So yeah. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. It, it's really cute. I love the whole set dressing and everything and the way all the guys are all, you know, chumming up against them and <laughs> smooching <laughs> and just the, um, it looks like there's maybe even like ripped up coasters or other debris on the tables and stuff like all those little details that make it look like a, a real bar. Yeah, it feels very real. I liked Penny Marshall talking in the commentary about like all the local girls they got in Chicago because they had the tryout scenes and needed lots of extra players and stuff. She's like, they practice baseball, they practice ball all day and then they danced at night. I'm like, yay. (laughs) That's the dream, (laughs) isn't it? Oh my gosh. And then Lori Petty mentioned, she is on the commentary too, that she actually like became friends with the band they're using in this scene. Oh, yeah. And went to a, con- uh, they were playing Aretha for Franklin. Aretha Franklin. And she just like <laughs> yeah. went oh, to the concert wow. that weekend. It's like, oh, I made friends. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh. I was going to say, I was disappointed because like, yeah, I found a little bit of information on the location where this was shot, but I couldn't find anything about the band. Yeah, that was the only thing I was able to, or I picked up on the band as well, was in the commentary. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they made friends. You'll notice, uh, yeah, Dottie stayed behind and so did Betty Spaghetti. Uh, She's another actress who's talking on the commentary. So she's like, yep, I didn't get to do any of this. Y'all were dancing. Did she say she was at Comiskey Park? Yeah, there was some. Is that ev- where <laughs> there was some event with the White Sox? It was like the stars of a league of their own, but they were all filming. And she's like, "Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the bar scene." <laughs> well, the breakout star for me that got me really excited was Carmine Ragusa. Oh yeah, the dancer that ends up being the one make you know basically making out with May later and he's one of the two kind of competitive dance dudes and I was like oh my gosh that's Carmine from Laverne and Shirley <laughs> 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 and that blew my mind because I always 
always thought he was a really likable character on that show, that mm-hmm. kind of short, stocky, but really nimble and um, a great dancer. So it was it was really fun to me to see him on here. He's fabulous. I mean, I was a child yeah. when I first saw this, but him trying to like lower May's glass and then her putting attention goes, and then starts making out with him. Like, <laughs> I was like, just, oh my God, can you do that? Is that a thing that grownups do? And I just love, like, before that, you can just see all of the lipstick marks, like, all around his yes. mouth already from... <laughs> Speaking of making out, because we're going to see in this scene, Kit's, uh, Kit's man has his shirt open. And then I was like, <laughs> yes. let me look up who that is. That seems relevant. I love that he is credited as Kit's guy in bar. It's Stephen Mailer. And you may be thinking, Stephen Mailer, huh? Does that name sound kind of familiar? Oh, maybe because his dad is Norman Mailer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Norman Mailer's son making out with Kit or like shyly kissing Kit on the cheek, but then like has his shirt open by the end of the scene. (laughs) Well, you know how he got his shirt open. I do, but I don't know if our (laughs) guests do. (laughs) So there is a cut scene in the bar. And oh, yeah. And involves, you know, Mr. Mailer here and Kit. And he kind of wants her, you know, to go go outside, go outside with him. Out and back. his truck's out back. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's kind of hesitant. And so he comes up with a bargain of, if you strike me out, you know, you don't have to. But if I get a hit off you, then you have to come out to my truck with me. So, you know, they clear out of space and he takes May his shirt like, off. Don't try. <laughs> I know they're good yeah. to go. Like May and them are like, just, you know, they're like, don't, yeah, like you said, don't try, you know, <laughs> come on. But I think, and, and she's kind of, you know, intoxicated. So she's kind of like, oh, but I think her wanting to show off her skill at pitching over, or she wants to prove that more than, you know, going to see his truck. But she strikes him out and, well, by the, I should say, backtrack. I'm terrible at telling stories, by the way. You're um, fine. You're fine. <laughs> in the midst of, you know, trying to get a hit off Kit, he, you know, of course takes his shirt off. <laughs> and he, yeah, starts so comp- he starts doing the, she strikes, she gets a strike on him or maybe it's two, I forget when it happens. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. It's it's because I'm wearing like my dress clothes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the problem. That's oh, yeah. why she's getting one past me. And yeah, does the whole like rip off his shirt. And that's when May is like, Kit, don't, don't throw try. a strike. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I think it was after the second one because then, you know, they're like, just let him get a hit. <laughs> But the weird thing is that Jimmy Dugan is in the cut scene. Yeah. And it, I I guess I overall I'm like, okay, we that that was a scene that is neat, but I'm okay with it being deleted from the final cut, I guess. But I just it is weird that Jimmy Dugan's there. <laughs> yeah, cuz there's a whole subplot of him being there and them almost getting caught. I mm-hmm. I miss the pitching of the deleted scene and I freaking love miss that doris jumps up on stage and takes over the drums and is doing a drum roll when kit is winding up and also she's pitching in a bar like this is (laughs) so dangerous and so bad i but i love the whole thing like oh there's baseball oh one of them has her glove with her and i'm like that is the sweetest most endearing thing i've ever seen because it's very it's very rory gilmore bringing a book with her to a school dance (laughs) that like one of the girls yeah everyone's out at a bar but someone has a baseball glove with them (laughs) you know just in case (laughs) kit even um breaks the uh that one drum with one of her pitches 
So I'm surprised, you know, the band wasn't like, hey, yeah, pay for that. <laughs> that. It's a cute scene. Dottie showing up and just hustling them all out is so much better for the movie, though. Yeah. Like, it's a sweet moment. I like it trying to show him off, but I, I'm i not against Jimmy being there, but I hate that Ira Lowenstein, the guy who runs the league, shows up. <laughs> yeah. Like, she says, like, oh, he's on his way here if he catches us. He does not need to appear. That's enough. <laughs> Like, I don't know. And oh, man, speaking of backtracking, we have to backtrack and give a shout out to this kid in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I was a child. I wasn't really sure what happened (laughs) in the backseat of cars, but I knew that the line, can't we do both, was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And that's James Taylor playing It's Only a Paper Moon on the quote-unquote radio of the car i have to say if you buy the soundtrack to a league of their own it has some great songs on it but if you buy it because you love this scene and the swing music you will be mostly disappointed with it because there are multiple james taylor songs on it and billy joel and again i love these artists and carol king and the slow madonna song from the credits it's just Mm -hmm. it's a very different vibe i remember my friend nikki and i sitting around listening to it and being like okay but like let's just play the manhattan transfer song over and over (laughs) and over until the tape breaks (laughs) yeah i'd want to hear more of the the period music Mm -hmm. not the modern stuff and uh, I like that. So the kid in the car, he's he's credited as Doll Body Kid. Don't <laughs> get a name. Um, but this and this is another one where his only credit is this film, at least in IMDb. This is the only thing they have for him. Penny mentioned he was like a local, so that mm-hmm. kind of tracks. And but, he does I not mean, seem to be old enough to drive. Your first thing is against Gina Davis. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh I guess quit while you're ahead. You go out on top. You I know? Mean, say, even if he never did anything professionally again, I hope that kid just like rocked high school and college drama. <laughs> <laughs> I love them in the car. And I also love when she comes in. Like it's another scene where all the actresses have something to do. And I love that I never realized, ah, is it Shirley that wraps a tablecloth yeah. around? her i never knew this idea either she's doing that drunk thing like i'm hot nope now i'm cold and she just grabs the tablecloth and makes a shawl out of it yeah i'm glad you explained that because i knew that there were people that got sick in previous scenes and i was like is this somebody that's like sick and has the you know like the shivers or something like i I wasn't sure what was going on with her and that so thanks for explaining (laughs) (laughs) nope she's just inebriated (laughs) okay yeah why why? i thought it was just that you know because she if you've been dancing and you work up a sweat and then suddenly you're not dancing anymore and she's all sweaty and so that's gonna make her feel cold but i have to say i I always, like, not that I made fun of them, but in my mind, I was like, okay, that seems excessive to people who would, like, run in place while waiting for a light to change. I live in a city, so, like, you end up Mm -hmm. stuck waiting for the crosswalk. And the first time I did a long run in the cold, I was like, and I stopped to wait for the light, and all of a sudden I was like, I am freezing right now. (laughs) And you have to kind of do that little balance Mm -hmm. to stay warm. Oh, you do, yeah. No tablecloths were available It feels better when you're moving. (laughs) Yeah. I love that May doesn't have her shoes on mm-hmm. <laughs> you see um her her partner is is holding her shoes for her when she finally like decides to go um i get distracted because the minute they pan over and you see marla singing i'm like and i'm done marla is the best <laughs> hands down i love it this is my standard i marla and nelson are a love story for the ages mm-hmm 
And my family goes to Cooperstown and we stay at a hotel that used to have someone playing the piano during dinner. Some summers they still have it, but not all. And you could request songs. And we were very big, our group of friends, on requesting old standards. And so everyone had like, okay, what's your wedding song? What's your, you know? And I would always request for my personal, my Cooperstown song was It Had to Be You because it always (laughs) made me think of Marla singing this. And then I found out from the commentary that Megan Cavanaugh has sung this song in Cooperstown. Oh, yeah. yeah. When their uniforms <laughs> wow. were donated to the Hall of Fame, uh, it was like the 10th anniversary of the movie, they did a big thing. And apparently, like, that night at the bar, she got up and sang this. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just, wow, came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing she mentions in the commentary is that she based it on the Ray Charles version. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she was practicing it for a long time and that she had a lot of fun doing it. I'm like, good, because I have a lot of fun watching you do this. (laughs) uh... It it looks like fun. And I imagine the scene preceding this, what had to happen for the band to allow her to sing? I'm guessing the teammates had to, were part of that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like egging her on, like, go on, go on up there. Well, yeah. well, and get it, getting the band to go along with it. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I noticed that <laughs> towards the end, the they're not looking too excited about <laughs> well, I'm that one along. guy that just Think puts his it. head in his hand yeah. and he's like, oh. <laughs> These guys have been playing. This whole group of girls shows up. The locals are probably thrilled because remember all these take place in like small towns in the midwest Mm -hmm. nothing really going on so this whole gang of girls comes in to go wild for a night they're pitching in the bar one of them is up there doing a drum roll and now marla is singing along and they have just (laughs) you know what it is i think at this point in the evening they're just like oh screw it like what's (laughs) it's just they've reached the they've passed the we give up point (laughs) (laughs) and they're Again, was more deleted stuff here with Dottie's pulling Marla off stage and somehow Marla mm-hmm. pulls off her dress so she's there in her underwear and Jimmy has to help her get out. And it's just like, oh, I, it's fine. Like, I, I, if it had been in this film since 1992 when I grew up watching it, I would probably be horrified to lose it, but... It does not need to be there. It's absolutely yeah. fine the way it is in this movie. And Gina Davis is lovely. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are many people who would have loved to see her in a slip, but you're going to get to later <laughs> in the movie. So calm That's down. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I never noticed either in the um, until listening to the commentary when Madonna and Kit and company go to leave. Madonna, oh, just when they're doing the, would you give her a dress and a lot of liquor? Yeah. <laughs> And after that, like when they go to leave, like Madonna just falls, like not just a trip, but she like goes <laughs> down and, <laughs> and uh, Kit or Lori Petty was just like, yeah, that really, because ha- you notice like it holds everybody up because they're like, uh. <laughs> you can play that off as character. <laughs> yeah. She didn't have her shoes on, so. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, my my next note was for the church scene. So <laughs> we can obviously luxuriate in this bar a little more, but I just wanted to really quickly say I love this little aside as the transition between the two scenes. And I love even more learning from the director that it was not improvised, but kind of like improvised in filming. She yeah. says they were actually waiting for the lighting, the sun to look right to film the Marla's 
wedding scene, which mm-hmm. is very appropriate, given that we just saw Marla and Nelson meet. And she was like waiting for that. And all of a sudden she was like, wait a minute, get me someone in a priest outfit. Get me two kids. Get me all the girls playing Irish and Italian. Come on, come on, come on. In here, in here, in here. And they just did this. <laughs> and it's one of the funniest things in the movie. <laughs> May, what'd you tell him? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> A very Madonna-like thing to say. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Nelson, he's given me like uh, George Costanza vibes. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking of when I saw him. Uh, so they end up they end up married. Yeah. Huh? yeah sorry for spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But it's so they just. Like, this is so silly. Marla came out with them. They obviously put her in a fancy, you know, she didn't have a fancy dress. They put her in a fancy dress. They came out. They kept buying her more booze and more booze until she got... uh, (laughs) Until she got married. Until she got married. But like... It's like a shotgun wedding, except no shotgun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really curious because like, like you said, it feels like the girls maybe had to convince the band or like get up there. But she's singing to Nelson like, this was... I'm glad we don't see them actually meeting, but Mm -hmm. I like, I say I want that, but I actually don't, (laughs) (laughs) if that makes any sense. What I love when she's singing, you notice she doesn't have her shoulder, she doesn't do her shoulder thing. So you can tell she's like, you know, Mm -hmm. well, you know, she does have liquor, booze in her, but Mm -hmm. you know, she's nice and relaxed. Her shoulders are not up by her ears. (laughs) Yep. Nelson. But she's she, she's a very physical singer. She's emoting a lot oh, with yeah. her hands. Yeah. <laughs> she sings with her hands. Her little, like, punch out. Yeah. But what I love is she's doing all this, and when she was, like, at one point, he, like, lifts up his hands back to her, and then yeah. when, uh, when she says, let's yeah. sing it, and Elsie goes, you sure are, baby. And I, that's what I was like, these two, like, the universe brought them together in this bar on this night. And when Daddy wants to take her, you know, they ask to take her back, and he's like, I can take her back. It would be an honor. It's just, oh. Honor. Hearts melting yeah. everywhere. Nelson does not just like drunkenly pick up a girl in a bar to take her to his truck to make out like this guy. Like this is this is the real thing. <laughs> I am um, saying at my wedding to my husband and we did have a live band but i just asked them do you know this song and they said no and i said okay that's fine i'll just do it on my own so i did um night and day loosely inspired by the ella fitzgerald version and it was yeah i did it once more with with fee wing it was really (laughs) special to stand up there and i didn't memorize the lyrics because that's actually something i really struggle with Mm -hmm. but i you know had written down the lyrics so that i could hold them in hand and then sing them to brian on our wedding day and uh, somehow in the shuffle of getting everything together i lost that lyric sheet so then i had to go to my ipod and go into the to my little private you know, a uh, room that was sequestered off for, for me and my gals to get ready for the wedding and re-listen to the song and <laughs> scribble down the lyrics. So that's oh, one of my wow. keepsakes from the wedding. <laughs> oh, how cool. That would be hard because you're nervous enough on your wedding day. And you'd be exactly. like, okay, you have to like memorize, re-memorize these. Oh, go. <laughs> and I think it helped because I kind of sang the song a little bit slower too. Oh, so it okay. felt more intentional that way, you know, to just yeah. sort of slow down and take in the, the lyrics. And it, it was really fun. 
One thing that I was going to mention before we leave the bar officially was that we were talking earlier about the swing revival, and I had mentioned that I had been in a swing band. We were called Dutch Falcone and his Twisted Orchestra, and (laughs) (laughs) we did (laughs) (laughs) some covers, but we actually also did a lot of original tunes, and there were a lot of swing songs, and then also some other like tangos and kind of Bertolt Brecht sort of inspired stuff. And one thing I remember about the dancers was that a lot of people would really only learn the really fancy footwork, throwing people around stuff. And a lot of people weren't wearing these saddle shoes or taking their shoes off. They were wearing these higher heels and, you know, just trying to cut. I think, you know, obviously there were people that were really learning swing and enjoying like the sort of look and vibe and everything and getting into the as authentic as you can make it experience. But then there were other people where it seemed more it was like an acrobatic show-off experience. So I remember okay. my mom coming to a couple gigs and she's going, nobody danced like that in the 40s. Like, <laughs> you do that part, you know, like once or twice where you're throwing people over. And of course, if you watch movies from back then, there's a lot of really fancy footwork that I always enjoyed. And I'd love to, to pick that back up again one of these days. I, I love partner dancing. It's, it's so fun. Yeah, I always wanted to be the Madonna in this scene, but I was also very aware from the beginning that like, you can even tell sometimes when her skirt flares up, like not only is she wearing shorts under her skirt. Okay, yeah, fine. That makes perfect sense. They're actually kind of padded. And I'm like, oh, you know, you only have to get hurt so many times before you're like, this is where I need an extra layer on my butt. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that was like 1940s foundation wear that has that. Me too. Kind of, you know, yeah, that padding to it. Yeah, yeah. pretty great. Yeah, the whole, the the shorts under your dress for when it flies up and then the saddle shoes. I was very into that, but I never had the, I never had the athleticism to do it and I never really learned. I did take, there was some, it was like cultural dance or whatever in the fifth grade, but one of the things we learned was the Charleston. And I remember (laughs) doing the Charleston for my great grandmother and her being like, aww. (laughs) (laughs) I have this very distinct memory in my grandma's house in the kitchen of doing the Charleston for my great grandma and her being like, oh my goodness. I remember that. I remember my grandparents one Easter, because my parents always had my dad's side over for Easter. And my grandparents were like the last people to leave and they taught us swing dancing like how they used to do it and it was oh i mean i could not remember you know if you asked me to show me what i learned it's like i don't remember but i that's one of those distinct memories that they just you know they're in there by then then they were like mid to late 70s and they're just like yeah here's how we used to dance and oh it was so cool (laughs) (laughs) that way i've always wanted to learn how to do that but yeah, it's it's really fun. And if you I think if you get the right teachers that are patient with you and teach you kind of to feel feel the steps over, you know, counting the steps. I think that's where it always starts clicking for me is oh. is at first it's this whether you're doing a box step or a tango or a waltz or whatever, like it takes a waltz is a really nice one to start out with. What do you think, Sean? Like for the the ones, the ballroom dances that you've learned, are there certain ones you feel are a little easier for entry? Yeah, waltz is a good basic step, and I think that's where most people start. Yeah, like waltz and foxtrot are um, simple. And and you 
you know, if you're at a, you know, a wedding or a function or stuff, you'll hear a lot of good waltz songs. So that's that's a good place to start. And it really doesn't matter where you start, because one of the things I've seen is that a lot of the steps cross over and a lot of what you learn in one dance. So if you start off with the waltz and you spend, uh, you know, a year or two or five doing that and then say, well, let me switch up to something else. You'd be like, OK, a lot of the same steps will carry through. Now, it's mainly a different rhythm. You know, because waltz is 3-4, like if you go to a foxtrot, you're 4-4 four, four, or something like that. But a lot of the, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of those things will carry through. And and you don't have to, there's, there's other, if you want to do stuff to, you know, upbeat music, you want to swing, there's East Coast and West Coast, there's a lot of swing that you can do that's not throwing, throwing people up mm-hmm. in the air and, and diving between legs and flying all over the place. Totally, so, you know, yeah. if, if you're worried about how much padding you're going to need <laughs> when your partner drops you, it's, it's like anything else. You know, I mean, what you see in the movies is it's the movies, you know, real life isn't, isn't like that. Like you said earlier, you know, the actual dance. They're not going like that for for a two or three minute song because you'd you'd just tire out if if for no other reason. Speaking of the disappointment of reality, Sean just dropped the word years. And so I guess we won't be doing swing dance lessons at the next Movies by Minute meetup, which is usually a weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we could do an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, because they'll do if you have like a local dance school, you probably do wherever you are. They'll do uh, social dances. And usually they do a quick like a half hour and a 40 or 45 minute lesson before the social dance. And they'll teach you, you know, teach just two or three steps, just kind of basic stuff to get you going. And then, you know, you can go do your two or three steps. Um, you're certainly, you're not going to be jumping around like Madonna, <laughs> um, you know, after, after, after one evening, but you can at least get a, a taste for it. But um, yeah, I mean, if you want to, yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. It, spiritually, I've been jumping around like Madonna since I was a child in the 80s, so. <laughs> yeah. So you just, so now you just got to learn how to do it to the beat. Yeah, exactly. There we go. So sorry. Heidi, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that my mom and I took some intro to ballroom dancing classes at uh, that were at one of our local churches in Sacramento. And the couple that was teaching it, they were an elderly couple. And a lot of young people of all ages took the classes. But one thing that I really enjoyed was they had a whole string of ringers that were men that were older gentlemen (laughs) that all knew how to dance. And so Mm -hmm. you were never without a partner. And a lot of times those were the preferred partners because they were really comfortable and great at guiding you around the floor. So it it was, that was a really special way to learn too. Oh, well, thank you guys for guiding us through this swing dance sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having us on for it. My fifth grade Charleston and Rachel's grandparents' lessons were wonderful, but they certainly (laughs) did not prepare me to talk about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you had any other notes of the movie, why don't Heidi you tell us where people can find you around the internet? Sure. The only thing I was going to mention, and maybe Sean's planning on, or maybe Sean already mentioned in the previous uh, part of this, was that our mutual podcast pal, Harry Shearer, is an announcer in this, yes, or newsreel announcer. He is. And of course, he was on this uh, Spinal Tap, which is what Sean and I did, which was Spinal <laughs> Tap Minute. And you can find that at Spinal Tap Minute. And for me, 
Heidi, you can find my most current podcast, which is at vibrantvisionaries.com. And that's me talking with creatives about their projects, process, and lessons learned along the way. So I talk with cartoonists and podcasters, filmmakers, writers, all sorts of creative folks, comedians and stuff. And uh, you can find that all at vibrantvisionaries.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Sean, you already got to plug your stuff. So uh, (laughs) why don't you remind people one more time what your contact information is, and then we will let you guys go out. If you feel the need to go to confession, that's your business. uh, (laughs) We'll move on. Yeah, so like Heidi said, we did the the Spinal Tap Minute together. I also did Groundhog Minute with my pal Dave Palace. But you can find all my podcast stuff, my hosting stuff, and my guest appearances, including this one, are linked from my main site, which is catandshawn.org. And that's cat with a C, C-A-T and Sean.org. Sweet. Yeah, and if you want to find all my podcasts, you can find that at HeidiBennett.com, H-E-I-D-I-B-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. That's where my podcasts all live and or links to them and um, my coaching for creatives. All that stuff is there, too. Thanks for having us on. It was so fun to talk with everybody. Yes, fun. Yes, thank you. Rachel and I will be back to see what happens next. Is Miss Cuthbert dead? Do they need to bury her? (laughs) Nice guy coming through. (laughs) Have a stretch, get some refreshments, and join us right back here for the bottom of the fourth, next time on A League of Their Own, one inning at a time.